Hey everyone, it's Louisa Tanamanson from Feel Good Astrology and I want to welcome you to another episode of Great Realizations. Now, the whole purpose of Great Realizations is to touch base with therapists, intuitives, practitioners and teachers and healers, you know, like to connect with them and find out how they're coping with these times. Because these times you know, have been described amongst other things as the great pause, the great awakening, um, the great unraveling, and obviously the time of great realizations. And so I wanted to check in with some of my, you know, healer friends, and also some that I haven't yet met along the way, so that I can kind of find out what these times have brought them, um, how it's changed their practice, how it's changed their life, and also how it's impacted the lives of their clients. And also along the way, just to see if, um, you know, to see if they've got any tips or ideas on how you can cope with the changes and, you know, keep your energy going and strong and bolstered as you um, go through these times and possibly your own awakening. So I'm really delighted to introduce you to my guest today. Um, funnily enough, it was because of this, we had a conversation last week, him and I, and we were just talking about how difficult it can be um, for intuitives and how our own energies had been changing considerably. And it was from our conversation when we said, oh, we should talk about that, that I thought, you know, let's let's actually create a series. So this is really thanks to my good friend, Scott Clover. Now, before I introduce you to him, I, I want to tell you a little bit about my experience of working with him because I've been working with him um, since September last year, 2019. And he's he's an amazing intuitive um, energy healer. And he, he works out of New York. Um, he works remotely. So you can be anywhere in the world um, and you reach him by phone. And he's like um, an energetic plumber. I know he's being described as an energetic plumber because he has this ability to kind of see into your um, energy systems um, and take a look around. You know, he can see where things are a bit gummed up and where things need to move again. Um, and then he just helps you to facilitate the process. You know, he helps you get clearer about what you need to clear. Um, and then, you know, kind of gives you a little bit of a, a wriggle on on the way. So anyway, it is um, my great pleasure to talk to him now. Um, yeah, so let's go meet him, shall we? <laughs> so what do you make of these times? Like we don't have to go all pandemic-y or anything like that, but what do you make of these times? You know, like when we were talking last week and we said, hey, we should get together and, you know, have a little chat online. You know, yeah. what about this time that you want to share? <laughs> I'm tired. Right. People are tired. People are, you know, going to the grocery store in this day and age is is a day that's what you're going to do for the day. That's that's your outing. Because we're on guard when we leave and yet when we come home, we have nothing to guard against and yet there's this boogeyman out there. And and it it makes us tired. So yeah. a lot of people are having a hard, harder time lifting their head from the pillow, um, interacting with their friends or family, because things are different now. And, and to internalize that, or to not internalize that, I should say, uh, would be doing this moment an, inju an injustice. 
Yeah. Since the pause button is being imposed upon us for whatever reason, um, maybe allow your body to align with that pause for a moment and not get so caught up on accomplishing something on any given day. Mm. Um, honor how you're feeling. If you want to go yeah. for a jog, go for a jog. If you want to take two naps, take two naps. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like when, when this was imposed on us, um, there were lots of memes going around saying, oh, just think about all the amazing creative things you can do now you've got the chance. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna work out and write a book. I didn't do either one of those things. Yeah. Huh. Huh. So um that's what's going on for people is is they are trying to figure out what's important again. Yeah. And the things that were important two or three months ago may not be important two or three months from now. And that's a major paradigm shift from the individual perspective and as well as from the societal perspective. Mm. If you have friends and family that are out of work or you yourself are out of work, it's devastating to think of what your future is. Yeah. Or yeah, you're, stuck, you're stuck at home and expected to do the work while your friends or family are loaf, loafing around because they don't have anything to do. You're a fish out of water no matter what. You're now trying to accomplish something that you did in a community setting from an individual standpoint and expected to perform in the same manner. And the world has changed. Will it be like this forever? Probably not. Mm. You know, I think maybe three years from now, we'll just sort of have a couple quirky rules around, but society's gonna still happen. I don't think theaters are going to close and things like that for the long run. But for the right now, a lot of people are traumatized. Yeah. And if you don't acknowledge that trauma, then you might be doing yourself an injustice. So from, from your perspective, I mean, I imagine given that you can see into the sort of energy fields of things, I would mm. imagine right now your perception of the world energy has quite has shifted because presumably if you can see into like my energy field and the energy sorry I'm going off script here we we had a kind of rough idea of the questions I was going to ask because of what you're talking about I'm I want to ask you like you can see into my energy system and you can see into the energy systems of other people if I choose my, to yeah. if you choose to if you were yeah. have you chosen to look into the world system right now or like what mother earth is like I, I haven't. Yeah, sometimes I go on the satellite and look down, um, yeah. but it's not so advantageous because my work is generally healing individuals and groups in their human yeah. bodies. Mm -hmm. It's it's not as important for me to always go and sit on a satellite, satellite and look down at the world breathing or not breathing. Um, so if I chose to, I guess I could. I just, uh, that's a lot of information to input. Yeah. Well, and let me know if you do do it, right? And we'll do an episode on that. <laughs> we can do it. Sure. We can do that. Sure. But in general, I, I've, I've been more lately sticking to uh, terra firma here uh -huh. because I help people, individuals, feel better in their bodies. And people don't feel real settled right now. 
So yeah. maybe what I was doing a few months ago is, is different than the work I'm doing currently. Meaning the work I'm doing currently is about grounding. It's yeah. about understanding your own intentions. Whereas before it was, how do you keep up with the world that's going on around you? Well, if the world isn't going on around you, then you're stuck by yourself. <laughs> so the inner work, the inner work is either is either rising, rising to the surface to be dealt with or being pushed down. And I have clients doing both of those things. Um, yeah. And the other thing I do notice that's happening is people are becoming more intuitive. Their their psychic tune in is becoming a little louder, or for some people, a little more refined. I think in my case, it's become a little more refined. Um, I'm picking up more information than I normally would, and I'm pretty good at keeping it out because um, I like to have a life outside of my, my profession. Um, but I do notice it slips into my daily life even more and more with a little more refinement, a little more clarity, and actually a little more grace. Um, and I kind of think of it like if there's pollution in the air and the radiation from the sun is coming through the atmosphere with all that pollution in the air, it, it's not actually reaching the planet. It's reflecting off, you know, the billions of trillions of particles of dust in the air. Well, if there's less pollution, like I see in Beijing and some of these cities that are they're clearing out, then maybe we're getting more sun radiation than we have in the last 30 years. And that's creating more energy in terms of how do we relate because that sun is offering us a lot of information um yeah, yeah. now we're talking about your work but um you know just the, the <laughs> sheer life force of the sun coming through the atmosphere and people may be spending more time outside than they ever have mm. uh people are changing subtly because of what's happening it's an internal change, um, I think, with the expectation that the external will change. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because we, we were talking about this last week, weren't we? And um, a few days ago when I was working with a client, um, I was doing a recording, like recording what I saw coming up for the client. And as I was saying what this client should be doing, I heard really clearly in my head my client's higher self talking to me and saying, I already know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was really, really surprised, but not really surprised because the client I was working with is a, is a highly intuitive person mm -hmm. um, and works, you know, um, in, in different levels, different sort of dimensions. So I wasn't, I wasn't really shocked, but the clarity at which, um, you know, I'm, talking doing a reading and I'm not expecting um that kind of connection to just shoot in um into my experience and boom there it was, I was <laughs> but yeah that's my experience too is that things are just kind of coming on what what advice would you give to someone that's kind of waking up or coming into their powers at the moment you know noticing their intuition oh yeah um understand how your body connects to it Understand that it's just not a satellite dish hanging off the top of your head. You know, we have two, we have two satellite dishes of intuition. We have maybe the third eye that people talk about, and then we have the gut, the intuitive yeah. gut that everyone's so fond of talking about. And it's really that gut energy that, that 
connection to other energies through the corporeal body, not necessarily through the third eye, that I think is becoming a little more clearer for people. Because if you're sitting at home, you're planning your day differently. You're planning what goes in your body differently. And these are yeah. choices that you have to decide on. Whereas before, there was a meeting and my boss has to call me in and then I have to do this. And so I'm going to grab a salad real quick. But the salad has dressing all over it that's really bad, but I like it anyway. You know, now you have to sit at home and look at that food and make a conscious decision. So it's more about personalized choice, too, and noticing that the choices you make out of not necessarily desperation, but just the sake of saving time, when time is, is at your fingertips, what are the choices you're making? Mm. What are the rituals you can create um, that may take you into a, a, a new person when you come outside of this? One of the things I like to tell people is I'm a big fan of Emoto, Masura Emoto, the guy who takes photographs oh. of her elements. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of telling my clients, write down a word or two and fill your glass of water the night before and put it on a piece of paper and put your glass on top of that piece of paper and let that energy go into that water. And then the next morning, that's your treat. You've created a ritual on one evening that will sustain you into the next day to give you something to sort of not look forward to, but just to be a part of that brings you back to yourself. So every night you set the intention and every morning you sort of receive that reward. Mm -hmm. That's a simple thing you can do without ever getting out of your sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. And all that stuff's very useful because um, I know um, in our household, we've lounged around in our dressing gowns and sweatpants almost a day at a time, you know, there's no when there's no impetus to actually get dressed right now um you know i'm sure lots of people are doing these um live recordings sat in their underwear you know they've got like a a shirt on we had that in the states we had a, a reporter that suit and tie and on you could see his bare thigh yeah. <laughs> here in the states we had yeah. that. so um so yeah, there are. I, I get the um, feeling that there are people awakening to um, a new kind of reality at the moment and um, I think that's really good advice you've given them. Can you share a little bit about how you found out about your powers or your energy, you know, your skills, you know, as, as an energetic plumber? I mean, how did you know that you could do that? How did you come across oh. it? Okay. So I was quite intuitive as a child. Yeah. Um, to an excessive degree at times, seeing patterns and math and things like that that weren't really plausible that I was able to do, knowing where things were, how people were feeling, things like that. That, that was a common occurrence for me as a kid. And it was a little off-putting, I think, some at times for people because they didn't understand it or they created a story and based in bricks and mortar on, on what was happening. And that created kind of a schism you know, when you perceive something and then you're told you you did it a different way or you're lying or that's not possible, then it, it really confound it really confuses you as a kid. It's like, wait, this is such a natural instinct, and I'm being told by conditioned thinkers or societal pressure that what I just sensed isn't real. Mm -hmm. And now I know as a fact, as you know, a middle-aged man, that it is. That's, that's the life that I live in. That's the work that I work in on a daily basis. 
So uh, how did it start? It started when I, uh, it was pointed out to me in midlife, hey, you know, that thing that you did at the airport on a trip we went on and that thing you did at the rental car company and I think you're, you, you got some intuitive abilities going on. And I had been in such denial since the age of like 12. Mm -hmm. So I made a conscious effort at the age of 12 to shut it down because I was making, it was ostracizing myself to my peers. Um, I could get a sense that my peers were finding it off-putting. And, you know, at 12 years old, you're not going to strive to be unpopular. So <laughs> I changed the thing about me that made me too different. Um, and that was shutting down my intuitive abilities. And I have a, it, it, I have a long history, a family line of people sequestering their intuitive abilities. So I'm the first person in a long line of, of intuitives in my family that actually say it out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes a big difference. It's a real catharsis to be able to accept it in yourself and say it out loud. And then I realized after studying it and understanding it and listening to podcasts and finding masters and training under people all over the country, um, that after a few years of just wanting to know about how to use it, that I was being guided to use it for healing. I wasn't guided to tell the future so much as I could inspire healing so the person can create the future that they intend. Yeah. So, and I was I was sort of guided towards that. I work a lot with the archetypes and I know what my archetypes are and they're pretty much aligned with the ideas that, that I'm, I'm, I do what I am is, is what I say about my profession is I'm a healer because that's what I am. I'm, it's intrinsic in, in me. Um, which is a blessing and a curse for some people because a lot of empaths, as I am, we just want to help no matter what. And there's a lot of people that don't want our help, but we're going to impose upon it anyway. If you're not skilled <laughs> or have your own boundaries or trained or understand that your empathy can, can cause friction, it's not just sending hearts out all the time. It's imposing your will onto somebody else. I read a meme a while back that I really think is powerful, and it said, um, empaths without boundaries is self-destruction. So a lot of intuitive people end up giving a lot of their energy away, and it, it's not asked for. That's why when you said, you know, can you read the person's energy? Yes, I can, but I wouldn't unless I'm asked. Yes. Because if not, and then it's intrusive. Yeah. yeah. I've a similar thing, obviously, with astrology. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me to look at their partner's charts and I won't unless I've got the permission of the other person, even, you know, even though it, like it's just a, a time, place and date of birth, <laughs> it's, it's the intention behind it that I'm not OK with. You know, I think people need to know if 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 you're doing something on their behalf. Um yeah, that's an ethical dilemma, isn't it? I really like that. So you were saying, um, I don't, I don't see it as an ethical dilemma. You don't. Okay. It's, a, it's an ethical decision. Okay. Yeah. Dilemma, make, you're putting a negative term on it, and it doesn't need to be negative. It's just an ethical decision. Yeah. 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 I, the power of words. I mean, as I said, Emoto. Going back to Emoto. I try to find the uh, the phrasing of a phrase without using a negating word. Yeah. It's sort of a game I play in my daily life when I'm going about and it's like, you know, 
Don't turn out the lights. Mm. Leave the lights on. Yeah, keep the lights on. How do you take the negative word out of it? The negative word isn't necessary. The primary example is no worries. Yeah, that's a really good example. And um, I, I notice that with my children because um, children don't hear the negative word. They just they just hear the rest of the sentence. So when you're saying um, don't climb on there, all they're hearing is climb, climb, climb. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I, I'm always saying, don't do that, don't do that. And then thinking, all right, let's, you know, and, and trying to roll back the speech and trying to correct it. Um, it's really, really embedded in our language and, and in particular with me. <laughs> Um, well, and it's interesting because a lot of our subconscious acts like a child. A lot yeah. of our subconscious picks up those uh, from a childish perspective. Hot, danger, cold. Mm -hmm. Children don't understand nuance. Right? So if you have a trauma, this is now we're going into my work, but if you have a trauma that happens to you at six or seven years old, mm -hmm. all your brain remembers is didn't feel good, me hurt. They didn't understand the political implications in your family of something that your uncle did that made you, you didn't understand that. You just understood adult made me hurt. Yeah. Right. So to then try to solve it or, or talk about it at 35 years of age and going back 30 some years, you're now thinking about it from an adult perspective and trying to solve it from that adult perspective when the inner child or the inner subconscious just wants to be placated as you would a child. Yeah. With the same wording, you're safe. Yeah. And of course, children really, they're very forgiving, you know, at that age. Um, yeah. They need a hug and a kiss and they need to be heard. You know, they need to just... But they don't need to play chess. No, no, no. Right? They just, they'll play checkers. And that's the thing is if you have a trauma that happened to you while you were playing checkers and try to solve it from a chess perspective, yeah, you're going to muck it up and you're going to, you're not going to get to the root of it. So. This, what you're saying right now really, really links into what's going on currently in the world because um, those emotive words, you know, it's hot, it's cold, you know, um, all, all those words that the media are using right now, like death, <laughs> you know, and, you know, just like the way. Well, let's go back to what I said. Do you it, must, it must be switching on the automatic fear responses and all the childhood anxieties and trauma anxieties that are stored in people's bodies, right? Is Correct. Because yeah. what you're hearing repeated over and over again is you're not safe. You're not safe. And regardless of who you are growing up, there was a time in your life where you didn't feel safe. Yeah. That could be three years old, five years old. That could be your whole childhood, depending on your circumstance. Mm. But finding that internal sense of safety is what's going to get us through this. Embodying the idea that we're worthy of changing. And not just we, but our neighbors are worthy of changing. What you were talking about what's happening now is there's this discussion about, and here in America, it's, I think it's a little uh, over exemplified, but you have people that are sort of, uh, they have a macro view of the world or a micro view of the world. 
They're, mm -hmm. they're micro-benevolent or they're macro-benevolent. I, I want to be micro-benevolent. The only thing that matters to me is me and my family and my cousins and my dog or whatever. Whereas the macro-benevolent person says, well, how are the neighbors? How are the people in Bangladesh? You know, what, what's India going to do because they're so overpopulated? And, and that doesn't make you wrong or right, depending on your worldview. It just, unfortunately, uh, causes a, a divide in our sense of humanity. Because the macro view people don't understand why the micro view people are so selfish. <laughs> and the, the, the micro view people just really can't understand the, that sense of compassion because it, it short circuits them. So accepting the existing reality of who you are, of what's happening in the world today, of who your neighbors or family members are, and if your ideologies are different, uh, accepting that reality is going to get you a lot farther and a lot safer. Uh, you're going to be more stabilized through this period if you do that. And what I mean by that is if you wake up every day mad at the fact that you can't do something mm -hmm. because of what's happening, then you're just holding that madness inside of yourself. Instead of accepting that for the time being, I'm not allowed to do that, what can I do? Yeah. What am I worthy of doing and spending my energy on? But if you're spending your energy on being frustrated because of lack or, or being sequestered or being, you know, fighting the tsunami, you can't fight a tsunami with a bucket. And that's what you're going to do if you're going to just sit at home and be like, I can't believe the reality sucks so bad. Well, reality is tough right now. And if you can accept that, then, then hopefully you'll find something more advantageous to spend your energy on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, I, when I'm getting thoughtful, I'm always pulling on my <laughs> I just realized. Um, yeah, it's interesting you're talking about the micro and the macro because my husband and I um, are usually very well aligned in our viewpoints of the world and and how we express ourselves and in this lockdown moment even though we actually live and work from home we homeschool so we're very home-based anyway during this time I've become more macro and he's become more micro and 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 I don't see it as selfishness which is a good thing <laughs> and I don't think he sees me as being um you know like outside of the family necessarily but um, he's actually gone into himself in, and found a place of peace, which is really, really um, powerful. You know, he feels really like grounded in himself and just wants to live a simple and good life. And and he's really unaffected by most things. And of course, I've been thinking, but what about the world? <laughs> and it's created a bit of friction for us. So it's really good advice, you know, just to um, kind of accept what's going on and really feel it and, and get grounded in it. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying stop being political or stop being an advocate for change. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is understand that the world is the state that it's in, accept that, and then find motivation to work outside of that. Yeah. But being stuck underneath this oppressive idea that it's so frustrating to be alive isn't going to do you much good. No, it's not, is it? Yeah. So um, for people 
for people who um, are wanting to feel safe in themselves, can you think of a way that um, you could describe how someone could generate that feeling of safety? You know, if someone's listening right now and is thinking, you know what, I don't feel very safe, how could they connect to that sense of safety? Well, person, place, or thing. Like, what is the noun that's causing that sense of instability? Is it your partner you're living with? Is it your relationship is struggling? Is it the job? You know, mm -hmm. find out what, what you think is vexing you and then start scaling in and, and narrowing it down and narrowing it down. Mm -hmm. um, one way you could do that corporally in the body is do a body scan. And if you feel tightness in a certain area, say your hip, don't ignore it. Really get in there. Really send your energy and your sense of self into the epicenter of the tightness in your hip. And if it's a, if it's a feeling of like coagulated or stuck energy, then give that energy something to do. Give it a purpose. Because right now it's just stuck. It could be because... You know, you didn't like your teacher in middle school and that led to a problem and that led to another problem. And then you fell down and you relate, you know, not being heard to your sore hip. And then someone didn't pay attention to you and your hip got sore again. Mm -hmm. Go into that sore hip. Don't ignore it. Don't take a Tylenol and just hope the pain goes away. Sit with it for a while. Take a little golden acorn and put it in the epicenter and see how it might shift that that coagulated or dense feeling you have in a certain part of your body. That would be a way, you know, embodiment is the word of, of the year. Um, embodiment, embodiment, embodiment. Well, how do you do I, that? I thought unprecedented was every time I open like a, a document, every time I listen to um, a video, I hear the word unprecedented, unprecedented. That almost puts me into a panic or a spin. I must have some kind of karma with that word. You know, it's just, irritates me um i need to desensitize myself to it <laughs> yeah it just means new right in this context yeah exactly yeah it just means panic as well i think it's i think it's put in to make it seem more severe than it might be yeah check the semantics of the stories that you're listening to yeah okay i've got i've got another one more question um mm -hmm. i really want to ask you and, and that would be what are your great realizations right now scott what are my great realizations right now? Yeah. I, when I knew you were gonna be talking to me today, I, I thought of this book that I read a while back and it's uh, called The Light of Sex. It's the not generally about the light of sex and it's by a Russian mystic, a 19th century, sort of turn of the century, 18, 1900s, um, a Russian mystic. Um, mm -hmm. Maria de Naglaska is her name. Awesome name. Yeah, Maria de Naglaska. I think it's the French version of her, of her Russian name. Okay. Um, she was a Russian woman who ended up uh, writing a lot in French. Anyway, she has this concept at the beginning of this book, The Light of Sex, about society is actually a long train car in a tunnel. And at the beginning of the locomotive is the, the locomotive car, the engine car, and then after that are the passenger cars. And people who are looking at this society that we're in and wondering, why are they growing food with poison? Um, you know, you and I talked about why would they put fluoride in a product when 
the science is there that it's really detrimental for us to be ingesting this neuro, you know, toxin, things like that. So there's people in this, all of our society in the, in the world is on this long train and the train is in the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Well, part of the train is coming out of the tunnel and the people in the front are seeing the light, but there's still a heck of a lot of people in the wow. back. Love that. I love that so much. That's such a great analogy. Yeah, it's a good one. So just decide which part of the train you want to sit in. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, after this conversation, I imagine there's going to be quite a few people that want to check in with you and um, find out a bit more about your work or, or how they could contact you. Um, are you accepting new people to work with at the moment? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll accept new clients currently. Um, my website is my name, scottclover.com. Uh -huh. uh, there's a intuitive podcast on Spotify called The Intuitive Podcast um, that I did with your husband. Um, is that yours? Is that your, your podcast, The Intuitive Podcast? Yeah, I think that's what I've called it on Spotify. It's just Scott Clover, the Intuitive Podcast, wow. and I. There's five or six. The uh, yeah, they're a massive old. I would imagine everyone would want that name. That's a, such a good name. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> on you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so they can reach me there. They can reach me on the website. There's a form to fill out. Um, you can send me an email and, and ask me questions. Um, but you can check me out on social media. Scott Clover, Energy Healer on Instagram and on Facebook. But generally, people uh, come to me from word of mouth. Uh, it's generally a referral because, as I said, the way I deal and interact with people's energy fields is so idiosyncratic. It's, it's really specific to the individual in their moment. Whether they need regulating in their past lives or they need a grounding episode or they need to understand their intuition and why are they always up in their top chakras and they can't ground in their base? Or if they're, I work a lot with people who have uh, their yin yang energies, maybe could lose some harmony. They're putting too much out in the world in that masculine view, or they're not receiving enough in the feminine viewpoint and it can get stuck. And um, I deal a lot with, with clients to helping them understand that better and get that, sort of uh, reciprocity energy going in the yin yang instead of it being top heavy to one or the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can reach out to me and I'm happy to help them. Excellent. Well, Scott, how can I thank you for that? Thank you so much. Um, you've been really My generous. Pleasure. And um, you've raised some, you've come up with some really good analogies and descriptions that I think will be really easy to, for anyone to understand um, wherever they are on their intuitive journey. Um, and I think, I think it all makes sense. You know, like when you put it in the body um, and you're talking about embodiment, it, you know, it, it's the one place where we all live, isn't it? Or where we should all be living. You know, we need to, it's the only certainty we have really is our body. Um, so I really, I really like all of your, well, it's the body and the energy field that the body creates. I mean, our energy field goes way out. It doesn't just <laughs> go out to here. Right. So if I'm working on someone's auric field, I may work on their first or second auric field closer to their body, 
or we may go out way out here where the auric fields really interact with society, not just interact here with the individual near you. So well, the chakra system could be clogged or you're, you're sort of the, I see the chakra system as the projector in the theater and the auric field as the, as the screen. So if either one of those gets dirty, you need someone clearing out of it. Um, that's, those are the things I sense in my work that I can help guide people to clean them off. Like an auric window cleaner. Screen you cleaner. could say, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I can definitely vouch for um, your abilities and your skills because um, every time we've worked together, um, change has occurred quite rapidly, you know, within a, a few days or I wake up with an idea or you, nice. know, you definitely um, kind of light a fire under, underneath somebody, you know, in a, in a really positive way. Um, it definitely Thank shifts you. my and focus. Thank anyway, thanks, thanks once again. Um, if you want to come by another time and we'll talk about a different aspect of something, maybe it like would be that my pleasure. It would yeah, be my lovely. pleasure. Okay, right. Well, um, thank you so much to anyone that's listened in today, um, wherever you've been listening from. This has obviously been um, put out to um, Facebook, YouTube, and also to podcasts on Spotify. Um, if you've really enjoyed this and you want to learn more about Scott, then there'll be links below so you can contact him and he's, he's let you know where to find him as well. But there are going to be um, some other interviews with other intuitives and healers and um, like thought leaders of the intuitive world. So stay tuned. Thanks once again from Portugal and New York, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.